Welcome to episode 271 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. Our special guest today is Katya Grace from AI Impacts, whose research is focused on the future of AI. Katya, welcome to the show. Hi. For our topic this week, we're going to chat about where artificial intelligence will be going in the next 10 years and its impact on the world and people. Dirk, why don't you lead us off? Sure. So, you know, Katya, AI is such a big thing right now in, in the culture, in the media, and a lot of that is around deep learning, the, the specific technology that a lot of the recent accomplishments have, have been achieved through. Um, why is deep learning having such a breakout moment? So I think uh, the, the basic ideas behind it are quite old, sort of many decades old. But in order to sort of get value from it, you need a lot of hardware is my basic understanding, at least. This isn't sort of central to my expertise, but I think uh, you might be familiar with Moore's law, the phenomenon where um, hardware becomes maybe an order of magnitude cheaper every recently, maybe 10 years, but in the past, every four years or something. So if you just wait for a bunch of decades, you can afford to use lots of hardware. And and I think that's what has happened recently. So another thing that people will point to is data, where the digitization of uh, much of our lives recently means there's a lot more data for various things. And deep learning lets you use lots of hardware and data to get good results. And I think there have been good insights as well. But uh, I think the, the story that I've heard, at least, is the availability of hardware has sort of allowed the science to progress there. You know, the buzz now is that deep learning will increasingly automate knowledge work. Can you explain why that is and give us a couple of examples of automation that might be coming in the next couple or few years? Yeah, so I think part of the reason to suspect that deep learning will automate knowledge work is we think that probably something will automate knowledge work eventually. We know that humans can do knowledge work, so probably it's possible to get machines to do it as well. Um, unless you think that humans sort of have some magic spark of consciousness that is needed for it that we'll never be able to automate. But I think many people suspect that's not the case. So the question is, like, what technology will let us do this? And uh, a reason to suspect that deep learning might be it is, I guess, we've recently seen a lot of progress in automating some things that are part of normal human functioning that we hadn't previously been able to do that are key to most work, for instance, like recognizing and dealing with images and speech and writing. And so knowledge work involves those things as well as maybe other thinking that we haven't worked out how to do. But we've seen deep learning do some things that seem fairly intellectual, for instance, playing various games quite well. Uh, you might think that the kind of technology that lets us play Go well wouldn't be that far off what we need for being able to play some jobs well that are relatively straightforward intellectual jobs. Uh, and I suppose some people think this sort of technology might take us all the way to having uh, artificial general intelligence that can do basically everything humans can do, but that's sort of more controversial. And as far as what kinds of things might be automated soon, I haven't looked into this directly, but I, I and some collaborators ran a big survey of machine learning researchers and asked them what they thought about that. And I, I guess um, the median person thought that retail assistance would be automated in 10 to 20 years and surgeons, they thought 30 to 50 years and AI researchers themselves, um, they thought like much more than 50 years or some of them thought 50 years too much longer. But but some things that they thought might happen within the next 10 years were like 
AI being able to write pop songs or high school essays or sort of carry out the entire job of a, a telephone banking operator, or at least like the central parts where you talk on the phone and doing human level translation of written language. So th these things are sort of quite close to some jobs that exist. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, you mentioned that like a surgeon would, would potentially take decades longer than than some of the other things. And and I suspect that part of that comes back to robotics and the different paces at which different technologies, such as AI as one technology and robotics as another, progress. How do you see the pace of robotics development in conjunction with AI development? And to what degree, you know, do you think will they start to keep pace? Will robotics keep up or be the thing that holds things back? Like what's, you know, how do you, how do you think about those two uh, different tracks? So I admit that I haven't been following this closely. My impression is that robotics at the moment is sort of fairly hard and expensive. So we haven't sort of seen a proliferation of robots, um, but I guess like advanced AI is also pretty hard and expensive at the moment. So it's sort of pretty <laughs> unclear how, how they'll keep pace or what exactly keeping pace means. But I do think which order they happen might sort of, um, cause different things to happen in the world. Like for instance, if we have quite good AI and not very good robotics, we might try to push more tasks into virtual places where uh, you don't need to deal with the real world. And then maybe in the long run, even when we have robotics, all of those things will be done virtually. Whereas maybe if we got robotics earlier, we would stick with doing things in the real world more. But this is pretty speculative and I haven't actually looked into it a lot. Sure, sure. Although it's still interesting to hear from your perspective as an AI expert. Uh, you know, maybe coming back to focus more on your specific AI expertise, um, these might not be things that you have particular experience in, but I'm, I'm interested just in sort of your sort, sort of uh, guesses or even imaginations of where some creative fields, how they might be impacted by AI and automation, say, a decade from now. So like research science, let's use as the first example, how might research science be different in a decade um, as a result of AI? Well, I think um, there are likely to be more tools for recognizing patterns and things and allowing people to better see which hypotheses to test, that sort of thing. I don't have a good sense of when such things will happen, but that's the kind of thing I would expect to come out of this. Sure. And we definitely aren't going to have a scorecard see, <laughs> see how long it takes or not. But um, oh, that's it's, not every day. Yeah, it's not every day that we, we get access to to someone who, who has such insight in AI and where it's going. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just interested in your instincts on some of these things. What about, what about journalism? How, how might AI impact journalism in the future? I guess you might imagine there being tools for helping to write better that are not really entirely automating the process. But you could imagine something that just like does journalism for you. I expect there to be better tools for it relatively soon. I mean, you can imagine something that sort of pays attention to what you're writing and tells you how to write it better or points out problems with it. Uh, like at the moment, you have to actually you know write to a colleague or something, get them to read things. Or <laughs> at least when I write things, that's often how it goes. And you can imagine much better automated tools for that. As far as like writing things fully, I guess I've seen... I think fairly basic articles written fully, but sort of in order to, to write a good article, you need to understand the world um, to some extent, like to, to understand what you're talking about, the, the relevance mm, of this mm. topic with relation to. And so sort of understanding the world well enough, well enough to, to sort of know who you're writing to and what you're talking about uh, is perhaps, as we say, AGI complete, <laughs> like... Uh, which means you, you don't really have it until you basically have AI that is as good a, 
humans at everything. That's interesting. Yeah. So is context something that is AGI dependent or let's say broader context? Is that something that only will come with AGI? Well, I think things are pretty hard to say. Like you could imagine something that has a system that that has some sort of basic understanding of context, but maybe lacks some other mental skills if our mental skills are pretty modular. And I think that's unclear. But I think people often think of like understanding things as well as humans do as, as a big part of being at human level. Interesting. You know, when people talk about the difference between humans and animals or humans and AI, a lot of times art is you know, the thing that is, is sort of reserved or treated as uniquely human. I think we're, we, you know, in, in technology, I think we're becoming disabused of that notion if we ever had it. But um, yeah. sort of crossing that boundary now, what about fiction writing? How do you see, you know, AI impacting fiction writing? I guess, again, in order to sort of do it well enough that the writer has a coherent picture of the world and a message or goal that they're trying to convey and an idea of the audience they're trying to convey it to, um, it seems sort of close to AGI complete. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I expect maybe earlier for AI to be able to like produce written words that are like interesting in some way or amusing uh, or you know, people find worth reading. And I guess in the survey, one of the things that was quite early uh, that I thought was interesting was we asked when... Um, when AI would be able to basically write a new Taylor Swift song as well as Taylor Swift can. So that yes. a dedicated Taylor Swift fan would not be able to tell the difference between this new song and one that she wrote and performed. And the people put that about 10 years out. So that seems like, I don't know, you might think in order to like write, to, to really properly be a songwriter, you need to sort of understand the words that you're saying. And it's possible these machine learning researchers just didn't have a great view of Taylor Swift. Um, but, but they thought that uh, this would be automatable soon. Well, what about like management activities? To what degree do you think AI can be a tool that helps managers in, in doing their jobs? Yeah, I think uh, it seems unlikely to be entirely automated anytime soon because it involves interfacing with and understanding so many different things, like you know all the different things that are going on in an organization and different people and so on. And uh, my impression is that it's generally easier to automate things that are like a whole bunch of something similar. But uh, as far as tools go, I, I guess I previously read something about a thing where they put sensors on people for weeks at a time and could figure out from the sensors like what the sort of social network was within the organization and how people were feeling and how these things interacted with each other and so on. And you could imagine like without having to put sensors on people, but just interpreting the data that is easy to collect, like maybe from everyone's work emails or uh, that sort of thing. Uh, with, with the ability to interpret things well, you could maybe figure out when tensions are rising or there's um, something that a manager needs to see to. Uh, and I guess, I think we don't have tools like that yet, but I could imagine there being tools like that based on you know, machine learning to, to read the things. And I guess in general, it seems like there's space for tools to help with management that involve like reading messy human systems. That makes sense, yeah. From your perspective, you know, as an AI expert, where would you place your bets on the eventual development of AGI? Do you think it's more likely to come from academia, military, commerce, somewhere else, and, and why? I think at this point it's pretty unclear, but um, a, a big consideration is how much hardware you're going to need for it. Um, so I think recently the 
the biggest headline results in AI have been using increasingly huge amounts of hardware. And if AGI results from that sort of thing, like using even bigger piles of hardware, uh, then it sort of has to be at a place that can afford to spend a lot of money on huge piles of hardware, like maybe a big company or like a big government project or something like that. But I think it's unclear whether that is what will happen, that you will need a lot of hardware. Another thing is, it's not clear to what extent it is developed in one place at all. Like if it's basically one idea, maybe it happens in one place, but the development of deep learning, for instance, didn't sort of happen in one company or something. It happened across industry and academia. And so if sort of getting to AGI involves lots of little parts being done in different places, potentially, that there might not be a straightforward answer to this. That's interesting. You know, when we think of AI, we generally think of software engineers as the architects of the AI. We come from a community of designers, and we're curious, what role can or should designers have in the development of AI? I guess I come from a community of philosophers, uh, so yeah. I'm less familiar with exactly what software engineers and designers do, but uh, to the extent um, designing is about the interface between the machine and people and that sort of thing. That seems to be very important. And I guess that's the sort of thing that the philosophers think about. If we build machines basically like this, what will actually happen in the world and how can people use them to get what they want and that sort of thing. I, I guess I'm, I'm pretty involved with the AI safety community, which is about that kind of thing. Is this an answer to your question? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it's a lot of it is just hearing, hearing the facets and hearing your take because you are coming from a very specific perspective. And it's interesting to hear for you as a philosopher, um, you know, what, what your framing and, and perception is. So it, it's, it's very useful. Yes, thank you. Yeah, well, I guess the basic thought is it might be straightforward to make uh, technology that can basically do a lot of things and perhaps like make very high quality decisions play games really well, play games in the real world very well, like make a lot of money or something. But if that's quite easy and we haven't figured out exactly how to make them do exactly what we want, we might end up with a giant mess. I guess you see problems a bit like this with current companies or something. If you can like work out how to set up a company that makes money by producing stuff, but you haven't figured out how to make it care about like all of human values that that you care about, like maybe whether the rivers are polluted or something, and you will tend to end up with polluted rivers. And similarly, if you make machines that are very good at optimizing for something and don't really know what you care about, then like without any malice, they will end up destroying the things that you cared about. And so that's the kind of framing, I guess. Sure, sure. Is there any evidence from your perspective as a philosopher, your experience, the things that you've learned, is there any evidence to believe AI will ever be more intelligent than humans or not? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, interpreting evidence broadly, perhaps, uh, I, think, I think there are reasons to think that. I guess the question is, are humans as intelligent as a thing can be? And reasons to suspect not are... Uh, it seems like the human brain is fairly constrained by the need for it to fit in a human head and uh, for you know mothers to be able to give birth to their children, like that sort of thing biologically. And I guess like how much energy does it use? And these days, it doesn't matter that much to us if our brain uses a lot of energy, we'd be you know happy to have an extra 100 IQ points if, if we had to eat more. But 
historically, those things were a big problem. So it looks like there are biological constraints on our brains that mean they couldn't be a lot more impressive, even if there were, you know, in theory, greater heights of intelligence to have. Also, looking at the human population, it seems like the average human seems like you can be a lot smarter than the average human because occasionally we see very smart humans. And so even having machines that were like somewhat smarter than the smartest humans we've ever had would perhaps make a big difference to the world. Katya, it's been really interesting hearing your insights and, and your perspective on AI. Thank you so much for being on the show. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everyone, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you'd like to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett, that's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by GoInvo, a studio designing the future of healthcare and emerging technologies, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at D. Niemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. Katya, how about you? Yeah, if, uh, if you want to know more about what I'm up to, go to AI Impacts, A-I-I-M-P-A-C-T-S dot org. Thank you. So that's it for episode 271 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.